building up godly men for a better tomorrow. This is On the Edge with Ken Harrison, where we inspire men of integrity to put faith into action together. And now, here's today's show. Hey, Ken, uh, we're on the clock, and I have so many questions for you. And the guys and some of the women have questions, too. So you're saying give shorter answers? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying let's roll. <laughs> let's ride. Um, question. Uh, I'm a huge Cowboy fan, and I was at the event, and that panel was amazing, except for the Raider. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about your personal um, experience watching that Saturday morning panel with... Tim Brown of the Oakland Raiders, Football Hall of Famer, uh, Chad Hennings, amazing, Charles Haley, Michael Irvin, go. Uh, Haley's a good friend uh, because of Chad Hennings is maybe one of my best friends, and then we become friends with Haley. So it was so cool to see those guys up there. They were amazing. I mean, I you're always a little nervous because I don't I didn't know Irvin that well until the event, and I and I knew Tim Brown was a really godly guy, but it was like, how's this gonna go? You know, it's live. You can't stop it. Um, it was so amazing, and Irvin, I thought some of his answers were so crazy, spot on. Well, I was a huge cowboy fan, and his demise, his 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 bottom, was low. And I know we're going to talk about sin and lust and pornography and all this stuff that brings men down. But Michael Irvin was he brought was, well, he yeah. was brought down. <laughs> yeah, he was. I mean, wasn't he arrested in a hotel room? In, with a, in a hotel and, room. And prostitutes. And, yeah. But I mean, that, it goes to show about the grace of Jesus Christ. I mean, you look at the transformed life of that guy. Um, so that was phenomenal. And just to remind everyone, the uh, swag that Promise Keepers is putting out is really cool. And uh, there are golf shirts, T-shirts, uh, caps, and go to the website and check out the gift shop. So, And by yeah. the way, I, I mean, just tell everybody right now, because like I said earlier, there are people who have the gift of criticism, and there's no end to people. Tickets, swag, we don't make any money on this. I don't get paid. And so, you know, the swag that you buy, the tickets that you buy are going to pay for this stuff. They're going to scholarship poor people. We brought a couple of thousand underprivileged kids, buses from all over Texas. So ain't nobody making any money on any of this deal. This all goes into building God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. I want to get into the scholarship. I want to get into some of the speakers that resonated for you. Any final thoughts, any takeaway from the football panel uh, for the men and the boys out there? Uh, what, what, I, was, what was it? Was it just life lessons or did they dispense advice? Both. And you got, you know, you got Charles Haley, who was raised in an all black town and, and learned to hate white people. And Haley will tell you he was completely racist and hated white people when he was playing for the Cowboys. Now his best friend is Chad Hennings, the only white guy on the defensive line for the Cowboys back then. Haley is the real deal. He loves Jesus. Tim Brown, who had his own challenges as a guy who loved Christ as a Texan when he played for the Raiders. And then Michael Irvin, who... You talk about retribution. You talk about an example that, that God's grace can cover a multitude of sins. Um, that is Michael Irvin. Fantastic. I, I just love the lineup that you had this year. Uh, talk to me about Sammy Rodriguez. That, that guy is on fire. Dude, I mean, <laughs> for anybody who's watching this who didn't see that, if you only have a, a 20 minutes to watch one part, watch Sammy Rodriguez's sermon. It is 
to me, the greatest sermon I've ever heard preached alongside the one Steve Berger did on repentance at the virtual event last year. Those two messages, Sam Rodriguez lit the place up. People were screaming on their feet, the energy in that stadium. He, that dude brought the house down, man. So Sam Rodriguez, that, that was an unbelievable message. Well, uh, you know, he is uh, a pastor. He is a, a Christian thought leader. Uh, he has served uh, the White House um, across aisle, both Obama red and blue. To Trump, man. He uh, has amazing kids. He has an amazing congregation out in Sacramento. But um, when he when he when he says something, he's he's put thought into it, hasn't he? He's, he comes prepared. He's a brilliant mind. Well, I mean, the guy graduated with a math degree from Lehigh. So he, he's a brilliant thinker. And uh, I know him well. We've had long discussions. I talked about that in one of the other answers. But a brilliant, brilliant guy. And, and he's got more energy than, I mean, 10 men put together. That guy he just never stops. I mean, he's crazy energy guy. So, Sam, I love him. I think he is one of the next great pastors of the world. And I'm getting all these questions about friendships. How do I plug in? How do we pivot from a pep rally to action? It sounds like the speakers kind of put it out there what we should be doing. And then it was, I mean, the list is plentiful from Jonathan Evans, who was the official uh, pastor of the Dallas Cowboys, to Sammy Rodriguez, um, Robert Morris, uh, kind of a buffet. James Robinson did kind of his uh, stop in after Sam preached. And James is, you know, I, I believe that we're just at the beginnings of a great awakening. I really do. And I believe James Robinson is going to be the spiritual father of that. I think he will be the teacher of teachers, the leader of leaders. He came in after Sam and it was amazing. Robert Morris finished out with a very simple three-point message that was brilliant. Gateway Church and Robert Morris were so good to us. And let me just say about the unity of the church. We've talked about unity a little bit. You know, we had um, the head of the Southern Baptist Convention, Ronnie Floyd, and we had the head of the Assemblies of God both make videos bringing people together. So the, the biggest charismatic denomination, the biggest non-charismatic denomination, both coming together to welcome everybody. We had the Southern Baptist Convention of Texas, which is the ultra conservative, totally behind us, the head of that making videos for us. And then Robert Morris, one of the, the biggest well-known charismatic churches in America, they couldn't have been more gracious. Gateway Church was amazing. Robert was amazing. The unity that we saw, the lack of denominational tribalism coming together as the body of Christ was, was amazing. And, and Robert was one of the main leaders of that. Well, um, plus uh, at your event, it was ethnically diverse from what I could see online. Dude, unbelievable. I mean, we worked really hard at that. I, I, for three years, I've been working really hard across Texas to bring in black churches, not inviting them to our event, but bringing them as a part of our event. And Latino churches, when I got up on the stage on Saturday to, to welcome everybody and looked out in the crowd, I, I was shocked at the diversity. We've been criticized, Promise Keepers, for being a white man's ministry. And, you know, uh, it was true in the 90s it was a white man's ministry, meaning the stage was diverse, but the crowd was mostly white. I don't know why there was criticism. I mean, everyone was, was welcome to come. 
This time, though, we made it much more of a proactive effort to be diverse, and it, it really did work. That crowd looked like heaven. Hey, uh, if you're listening or watching, something you need to know about this first uh, Promise Keepers event, which happened uh, a couple weeks ago, July 16, 17 of 2021, uh, you brought in, there were people bussing in eight hours away. Tell me, there was a, there was a, a group of, of uh, you sponsored young men who were fatherless, and you brought in like 2,000 young men and boys who couldn't afford to come on their own. Talk about that. Yeah, we, we paid for hotels. We paid for meals. We had some incredible stories. We had uh, one pastor get a hold of us. He brought four, uh, yeah, 40 guys in a bus from Corpus Christi. Four of those guys got saved. One of them was an alcoholic so badly that he had to bring alcohol onto the bus to get through the ride. He got saved on Friday night, gave his life to Jesus, and then went that night to the 40 guys he came with and poured out all of his alcohol. And uh, I checked up on him a couple of days ago, and he hasn't had a drink in a week. We had the staff at the, the event, many of them tell us, we would have worked this for free, that worked for AT&T. This is amazing. My life's been changed. We saw three women ushers that worked for the stadium, huddled together crying during the altar call. Some of our guys went up to them, and they had just received Christ. They had given their lives to Jesus during Nick Vujicic's altar call. We had another guy who went into the kitchen staff during the altar call and led three of the kitchen staff at AT&T to Christ. We had, from what we've seen, estimated, we didn't get an exact count, about 1,500 men came forward and got saved on that Friday night. It was, and the stories just keep rolling in and rolling in. It's just uh, uh, awesome. I can see there's a little bit of an afterglow going on. <laughs> I can see it in your in your in your smile. You uh, you also had um, Boykin. Uh, oh, dude, he was amazing. <laughs> I mean, Jerry's always amazing. And, you know? and you honored him. I saw the plaque. Uh, that man is the embodiment of humility and bravery. Uh, Courage, leadership, strength. He's 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 got the whole he's got the whole package going on. And so, if you're out there and you're wondering, well, I, I can't make friends and I don't know how to have a leader, choose one of these men that was up on stage and make that your 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 surrogate for now. Start looking at anything that Jerry ever said. It's all brilliant. The guy's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, Jerry is um, known, very conservative political leader. Uh, some people get their underwear and a bunch over it. Get over it. He's a man of God. He's got his opinions, and uh, and I love him. He's one of my best friends. Um, we're getting another question in. It's it's from a, a kind lady, and uh, she is uh, basically, and I'll paraphrase here. Uh, and there's there's tape. You can check it out. Um, she uh, she bought a ticket for her dad. Her dad, uh, you know, hard to reconnect with. She has the dad wound, mm. and uh, she's struggling with how to uh, connect uh, with men and trust men in her life, but she wants to figure out how to support promise keepers and be involved with the men in her life, be it her husband, her father, her son. What would you say to a, a woman who's out there on the edge trying to plug in? You, you know, we talked about Satan dividing us, right, and what he's trying to do. And one of the most effective ways is he's trying to take away the fact that we're different as women and men, right? So I just go back to the very basic thing of if you can have a baby, 
you would necessarily see life completely different than if you couldn't have a baby, mm. right? Just let's, let's go to the very basics of even how we would approach sex with each other. So if one person has zero consequences, he has a sexual act and he moves on and in and, 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 and the natural, there's nothing more. And the other person, every sexual act could result in pregnancy in a lifetime with a child. Wouldn't you therefore have completely different ways of perceiving sex, right? Mm -hmm. So, so this idea that, that there's all these fluid genders and stuff is, is such nonsense. It's hard to believe that people are foolish enough to have fallen for it. But to pull that back to her question, one of the things women have to, to, to do is to understand that men are very different. And one of the things that men need to do is that women understand, understand that women are very different. And we need to actually get ourselves a position of putting ourselves in the shoes of the other person and walking around them for a while. And I, my message is usually to men. Understand, that's what Peter was saying to, to men about your wife being the weaker vessel. He did not mean weaker as, as a human being. He meant physically weaker and someone who has you know, pregnancy and menopause yeah. and, and uh, you know, periods and things that, that cause her to have a different perception of how she goes through life. We men are kind of idiots, you know, that way. We don't think about those things because we've never had to. Yeah. We need to be sensitive. But for women too, for her on the edge, understand your men need friends. Your sons need friends. Your husband needs friends. The right friends, yeah. But a lot of women will come in and say, look, I, you know, it's Saturday and you've been working all week and, I, you know, I want us to be together. And that's great. And that, that's, that's honorable. But sometimes you need to drive him out to be with other men because they will sharpen him and make him stronger. And so I would say to women out there, there's a lot of really good information on promisekeepers.org, the website. And be sensitive to who your man is because society keeps wanting to tell you that he's effeminized and, and all those things. And yes. Build him up to be a man. Push him to be a man, not in a naggy way, but an encouraging way. Man, man, if if we could do more of that, Ken, we'd we'd change not just a few lives, we'd change families, whole families and entire communities. And I think one of the things I heard is we've got to raise up that next generation, right? Where the where's the next generation of leaders coming from? I saw a big emphasis on youth and I saw a lot of teenage boys. Um, any feedback there from, uh, what you saw walking around? Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I actually had, uh, one guy got a hold of me. His two young sons were really jacked up. They both became Christians. Um, they were confused over their gender and all this other stuff. And, uh, he brought them. And so a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool feedback, a lot of, uh, boys and young men have come back and say, man, for the first time in my life, I saw what a real men look like. And uh, I want to be like that. And uh, you've heard me talk uh, all the time about how we, as Christian men, we need to be teaching boys to be Christian men. We have too many Christian adult males trying to be like boys. They're trying to wear skinny jeans and, and have their music and talk like them. And, you know, my favorite group when I was a kid was Iron Maiden. Your favorite group, you're a rocker too, man. Yeah, Who's yeah. your favorite group? The first band, the first concert I ever went to was Judas Priest. Not crazy about the name, not crazy about the leather. <laughs> Which is a British cuss word, by the way. Yeah, so um, I uh, I did not know that. But for me, uh, it was a one-two combo. It was Priest and Maiden. Oh, so we're both just total Satan, iron, <laughs> heavy metal. So imagine... When, when we were kids, imagine if you'd have gone to church and you'd have seen the pastor up there in parachute pants and an Iron Maiden t-shirt and Vans. Yeah. Would you, you have thought he was a clown? 
Yeah, total, right. total doofus. I, I don't. I don't want him to, to try to be like me when I was a kid. I want him to try to make me like him because I want to learn how to be a man. It's a right? good analogy. Today, we have all these guys out there trying to be like boys. If you're trying to be like a boy, man, you ain't much of a man. Isn't that going backwards? And it's the same thing with the church. We have the church trying to be like the world. Why should the world come see us? We want to make the world like Christ, right? So we need to stop compromising. Men need to act like men. Yeah. They need to teach boys how to be men and Christians need to act like Christians and they need to stop compromising with the world. I preach this all the time. We have gotten ourselves in a position of, of come and see, come and see, come and see, come and see our slick entertaining program at church. That is not the gospel. The gospel is go and tell, go and tell, go and tell, go tell them about the grace of Jesus Christ because people are dying in their sins. And that's what we're here for. If, it, if we weren't here for something, why didn't Jesus just take us to heaven right when we got saved? We're here to spread the good news, not to be like the world, but to make them like us. Today's episode is brought to you through the generosity of Waterstone. For nearly 40 years, Waterstone has assisted givers in supporting their favorite charities, like Promise Keepers, by crafting customized, innovative giving solutions. Waterstone gift strategists stand ready to create your personalized charitable plan, utilizing business interests, real estate, appreciated assets, charitable trusts, giving funds, and more. These donor-specific giving strategies allow givers to bypass capital gains taxes, receive a fair market value charitable deduction, and have tax-free growth for years to come. Prioritize income, minimize taxes, and optimize your giving with Waterstone. Find out how to give and receive the most from your assets by visiting www.waterstone.org. And now, back to today's show. Hey, uh, our next question um, is really a, one that came up in a lot of different ways, um, but I'm going to read it to you. It was a YouTube comment, and it was based on the PK 2021 conference recap video. And this uh, uh, gentleman said, in essence, how do we as Christians respond to the following circumstances in love. Quote, I wish these men well, but I hope they will be tolerant of their spouses rather than, quote, leading them, which sounds like it makes their wives subservient rather than equal partners. I hope the tolerance extends down to the children, some of whom will discover that they may have different ideas like LGBT. Uh, so speak to the leading your wife and kids with grace and authority, but understanding what true leadership means. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that a minute ago about being empathetic. Great leaders are empathetic. Great leaders put themselves in the shoes of the other person and walk around in them. How do my words sound if I was this person? You know, having been a CEO for many, many years of many organizations, when I go to speak to my staff, I often ask, well, if I was them, how would I perceive what I'm saying to be, right? So that's what we do as a family. Um, understanding that the world is going after our kids and they need to be corrected in what they believe. Now, that question to me comes across, now maybe this is just me putting my tone on it, as judgmental and condescending, right? Yeah. This is somebody who's looking for, right? Someone out on the internet who commented anonymously on YouTube. I would sure hope. So let's go back to that. Yeah. Um, 
First Corinthians 11, 10, 11, it says, God the Father is the head of the Son. The Son is the head of man. Man is the head of woman. That's scripture. That's from the Lord. Yes. The Bible also says that in God's love, there is neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free man. So both are true. We are equal, but there's leadership. Mm-hmm. So when, when God is saying the father's head of the son, the son is the head of man, man's the head of the, of the woman, that doesn't mean all men are the head of all women. It means that the husband is the head of the wife, but also they are equally loved in God's eyes. So God is saying, understand that there needs to be a hierarchy in a marriage, in an organization. There always has to be leadership in every organization. There's never co-equals because someone has to make the decision. Yeah. So therefore we can be the leaders of our wives, but they are not less than us. And we understand that we will all be equals in heaven according to what we did. We'll be rewarded based on what we did in, in this life. Women will be rewarded by how well they followed God's commands as women in what they did and men as men. And so women in heaven may be way above us because they were better at doing what God told them to do than we were. So this this is temporary. It's this earth. And in this earth, God has said husbands need to lead their wives over and over and over. First Peter, um, Ephesians, there's several passages. One, one of the things I've seen with you, and I've gotten to know you over the past year, uh, you and Elliot have a great relationship, and you both kind of know your lane. Elliot being my wife, because that's a weird name for a yes. woman. Yes. <laughs> you guys, uh, well, you had breakfast with her this morning. You guys carve out time for each other. You seem to respect each other's and understand each other's role, and you, and you use it. You, you use her. She's strong. I know this. She, she compliments you well. And she leans into you for the things that she knows that you're equipped to do. Did you just get lucky? This is what the guys out there, did you just get lucky or did you two develop it? Both. I mean, honestly, I, when I was in high school, I was walking my dog, a carload full of girls at, stopped and asked for directions to a party. And uh, I looked into the back seat, met her eyes, went home and told my mom, I just saw the girl I'm going to marry. So yeah, that is lucky because I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. But 31 years of marriage, um, she's a very strong woman. Anybody who knows Elliot and I knows that I do not dominate her. Uh, but she would definitely say, uh, I remember in our wedding, uh, 1990, we got married. And I remember she said in her vows that she, obey. And her friends were just, you know, she had just graduated from college, just horrified. You know, uh, how could you say that? And she said, I love my husband and I believe God's word. Um, it's funny, the 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 way the Holy Spirit works in someone, because Eliot had been raised in kind of a liberal church and uh, had never heard that a wife was supposed to submit to her husband. And I remember the first time she ever heard that, a wife is supposed to submit to her husband. And she said, the Bible says that? Yeah. And she said, okay, well, then I guess I'll have to submit to my husband. I mean, that's, you talk about a, a woman that was raised, you know, feministically, college grad, all that stuff. Very strong woman. Beautiful And yet woman. immediately responded to God's word because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And so um, we are equals. We are equally loved in God's eyes. But the Lord is saying to women, you need to make the choice to submit to your husband. And he is saying to the man, you need to be a humble servant leader of your family. And what is our model of that? Our model is Jesus Christ because Jesus' bride is what? The church. And what did he do for the church? He was tortured to death for the church. He laid down everything for what? So that he could present the church 
a beautiful, pure bride to his father in heaven. And so we should have that attitude ourselves. My job is to be able to, to present my wife beloved, protected, provided for, and elevated beyond me because I serve her um, blameless and spotless before my father in heaven. What does the Bible say? When Jesus comes back, those he finds enduring in him, he's going to serve. So we as leaders, the challenge, the call is service, not domination. Hey, that brings us to a great landing place for this section. Uh, we started off about an hour ago talking about rise of the serving kings, humility, um, and where I want to drop this off right now with, uh, your, uh, role as chairman and promise keepers pivoting into the next year, do you have any, um, things you can share about the future of promise keepers for all these great, uh, constituents who've sent in questions? Just... Send us out with some some vision or some ideas. You know, um, the funny thing about our Lord in heaven is he's not very interested in our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as a business leader, by far the most important thing for us to have done at this last event, which was such a massive success, over 540 Churches watched it live. We're going to have several hundred more watch it this month uh, as a recorded deal um, than all the guys in the stadium. Would have been to announce the new location, sell tickets. We would have had a huge uh, uh, people buying tickets at that moment. But the Father has not given us instructions about where to go next. There's lots of good ideas. There's lots of reasons to choose this place or that place. But the thing about Promise Keepers and the reason we've been so successful is we have a massive amount of people praying for us. Mm -hmm. um, Dicep Hun um, led a prayer walk every Saturday around AT&T Stadium. Mm -hmm. Story after story. I, I was talking to Chick-fil-A about uh, providing food for the men, and it didn't come together this time, but it hopefully will next time. But I was talking to this woman, and after we got done talking about Promise Keeper, or yeah, the, her Chick-fil-A being able to serve them, and we couldn't with the stadium. She said, are we done talking about business? I said, yeah. She goes, now I want to let you know that I've been in your prayer walks every Saturday uh -huh. around AT&T Stadium. And I'm like, are you kidding me? The woman who's running Chick-fil-A is, is praying. We had thousands of people all over the country praying. God has not decided to give us further instructions. And so we wait on him. Mm -hmm. um, the board is getting together in a retreat. We have an unbelievably strong board, an amazing board. And we're going to be seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, where next? Because we know you've brought this back. It's been a supernatural call. Gave us great su success. We're waiting for you to truly lay it on the minds of all of us and our hearts. Where would you have us go? We think we have a plan. And in, in, in if it's the plan that that I think it is, it'll be awesome. Really, really cool. But the Lord hasn't yet affirmed hey, that. That's exciting. What you just said is exciting because it encourages all of us to stay close and, and keep checking in and uh, follow this podcast, like it, give us comments, keep sending questions. Send us a video, send us an audio clip, send us text, email. We've got a great staff that funnels all this to Ken. Ken sees most everything. And, uh, you know, uh, the other th thing that uh, in closing uh, that I always like to ask is how can we pray for you? How can we pray for you and the board? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and it would go right back to my thing before. Pray that the Lord's 
direction to us is crystal clear, that we know exactly what he's calling us to do. I do not want to do any of this in our flesh or with our human worldly wisdom, because there's something supernatural here that's going on. And the only thing that will get in the way of that is if we allow our flesh and our pride, um, or even just our anxiousness. Oh, we got to do something. We got to run ahead. I mean, I've had a lot of people, a lot of calls from people. You've got to announce a new location right now. And I'm like, you're right, but you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> as a businessman, you're darn right. But as a follower of Christ, when the Lord tells us what to do next, we will. So just pray that that is so clear. We know exactly where we need to be. Well, I, I know, uh, coach McCartney smiling. I know all of those, those amazing men that, um, got up on the dais uh, at the mall in uh, 1997 are smiling, both here and those that have gone on. And they're looking down and uh, we say, uh, we say, um, well done. Well oh, done. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thanks for listening to On the Edge podcast with Ken Harrison. For a lot of you, this is our first time meeting and I want to tell the men listening about an organization I'm the current chairman of. Promise Keepers. Promise Keepers is an organization founded by Coach Bill McCartney that's led men across the world to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Promise Keepers is calling men back to courageous and bold servant leadership. To learn more and get involved in the mission of Promise Keepers, visit promisekeepers.org. Follow on social media or download the Promise Keepers app on Apple Store or Google Play by searching Promise Keepers. Through the Promise Keepers app, you'll receive access to devotionals, Bible studies, and other great articles and video content, and a community to build friendships, lead your family, and become transformative leaders. See you next time for On the Edge with Ken Harrison. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.